Welcome to the Q4 Impact Podcast, where we challenge the cultural norms of aging through scripture, story, and conversation. Hello again. My name is Susan Kunzelman, and I am back with Rod Regenstrife, the founder of Q4 Impact, and my co-host, for which I am very grateful. So if you listened to last week, you heard that this week's topic is going to be about the question, is our faith meant to be private? And I think like a lot of questions we ask, we could say the answer is both yes and no. So Ron, why don't we dive in by explaining why, first of all, it's a yes that our faith is private? Well, it's it's obviously, it's individual. It's, it's very individual. It's very personal. The encounter, I think, that each of us has uh, individually with God is 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 a pro- of, of a private nature, and for some even more private than for others. It, it could happen in a in a very difficult set of circumstances that uh, you recognize that there is a, a creator and that God has has made has made you, and and it may be amongst tears or pain, or it could be. A joyous celebration. So, but it's always pretty individual. That there's a moment in time where you just realize that that God is real, and that the decision to want to live your life for Him becomes a, a personal thing and a, and a private decision that you make. So, there's the private part. There's the private part, and I think where before we jump into the why it's not a private thing i know i have met people and and perhaps you have as well that perhaps depending upon cultural influences familial influences maybe even certain traditions of faith even though they've come to a personal faith in the lord privately or individually there's still that sense that that's where it belongs well this is now between me and god And that's what we want to talk to a little bit more today, because that is not what we are saying in scripture. So why don't you begin now to lay the groundwork and we'll, we'll kind of peel back the layers of the onion as we go, um, as to why this is not meant to be private. It's such an important question of God's, the reality of God's presence and the plan of salvation, which gets extended to every human being. And then there's consequences. There there are folks who are going to yield their lives to God's will and, and be welcomed into his family. And then there are those that are going to say, I'm not interested. I don't believe. I don't want to, whatever their reason is. And then that's a different set of circumstances. So as much as I, I like to be think of myself as a person who respects other people's views, even when they're different than mine, this view of keeping our faith to ourselves, I, I can't get there as I read through Scripture and as I know the and I come to understand God's purposes for life. Um, part of those purposes is for us to be co-laborers with him, to to be ex- expressing 
our experience of his love and his grace in our lives to other people. And so though it is yet a, a private thing, I think you can't read scripture and make a case for keeping your faith to yourself. I, I don't see how that's possible. Do you disagree, Sis? I can't disagree because I think scripture does make it very clear. And so I think that becomes the rub because I don't know of many believers that are truly living with a posture of wanting to follow the commandments of the Lord and to glorify him that would disagree with that. And so we may have a mental assent and yet when we're honest and I'm honest with myself, am I sharing the good news of the gospel as frequently with every opportunity? Is that my mindset? Am I doing that? And so I really have to question because when we look at human nature, we're, we're apt to share good news, right? It's like if I know about a good sale on something, whether it be at the grocery store or a clothing store, I'm going to tell my friends because I want them to benefit from the same sale, the same good news. Um, we do it on financial matters in the stock market. You know, we get a tip of something and we're wanting to share with our friends so they can make money as well. And yet, if we're saying that this is the best news, the best story that there ever has been, and yet we're not sharing it, it's worth looking at why. Why are we keeping our faith private? Well, follow my line of thinking if if you can. And and this this could be uh, maybe a harsh principle to agree to. But when I look at the reasons that I sometimes don't have the excitement of sharing my faith, it's most often because... I have lost my sense of gratefulness and recognition of just how good God is and how miraculous the forgiveness of my sins is and how miraculous God's love is that he chose me of all the people around this universe that I'm one that has, he's allowed for to see who he really is and because when I'm focusing on that, then it's just natural. I want to share what I have with others. But when that becomes clouded or when I tend to get into some sort of mood that doesn't include uh, recognizing how good God has been to me, then my tendency is to, is to then to be quiet or to busy myself with something that takes up my time that uh, may be a habit of mine that I just do because I like doing it. You know, sometimes I'm just going to go hit some golf balls, you know, because I, you know, I don't have to think about it that much. And I don't know, Susan, that's, it's a hard thing to say, but I think it really is the reality is that, <laughs> When, when it's right and f when we see it and when we, when we feel it, see it, then we're going to want to share it. It's that mindfulness. It makes me think of, and you might have to help fill this in, but the three Ds that the enemy of our soul, Satan, tries to bring against us. It's 
And the one you're talking about is distraction. And it is so easy to be distracted from the just the magnificence of the story of salvation, the gift of salvation, when we're going about our day-to-day responsibilities, that mundane nature of life that we all experience does serve to draw us away from having that fire, I would say that zeal, always mindful to share. But I don't think that's the only thing. Because as I said before, we may agree that we are called to share our faith, but are we willing to admit that we then allow our fear of rejection, pride, and self-focus hold us back? And I think those are other things besides distraction that can also be what's holding us back from sharing our faith. What do you think of that? Well, I want to get to that, but I also don't want to move on too quickly to the fact that to answer the question that we all have to answer for ourselves, are we called, am I called, me, you, to share my faith? And and how often? And what part of my life should that take up? Is it is it something I do every leap year, you know, if I'm going to say, I'm going to be happy if I share my faith once every four years. Obviously, that's extreme. But, you know, even if you said, is it, how do you feel about sharing your faith every three months once? Do you feel like that's an obedient response to what God is calling us, who he's calling us to be, what he's calling us to do? what our life is supposed to be about. I can't justify that. I think the only justification I can come up with, I read scripture, is that he wants me sharing my faith as often as possible at every and any opportunity where it's appropriate. And there are times where it's not appropriate, for sure, But then there are a lot of times where it's just a matter of us initiating a conversation. And many of us just choose not to go there so we don't have the conversation. Instead of saying, no, someone's at my door and maybe God, how how could I say something with this person to get us into a conversation about eternal things? So I hear you saying that it starts with a mindset and really almost setting some intentional goals surrounding this to keep it at the forefront of the way we're living day to day. Totally. You know, if it's, it's anything that's worthwhile, I'm going to say, I'm going to work on my golf game. What are you going to do about it, Ron? I don't know. I'm just going to work on it. I just, whenever I feel I'm going to, no, I'm going to do A, B, C, D. I'm going to try to get more healthy and lose weight. Well, what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to do the same thing? No, you're going to take action. You're going to you're going to decide for yourself what will that look like for me? In my context, in my sphere of life, in my age category, in my health situation, what does sharing my faith look like? And it'll be different for for many of us. It really will. And I love how you wrote in your blog that, you know, no, we're not called to be an apostle like Paul was called to be an apostle, nor are many of us, there may be some out here, 
but there are not many called to be a Billy Graham that will witness and share the message of salvation with millions. But that does not preclude us from that call. And that's what you're saying. There is a call on each of our lives as believers in Christ to share the good news. You know, the other day, uh, my doorbell rang and I looked outside and it's a guy with a clipboard. And, you know, you go through this thing, I'm like, I answer the door and I'm like, answer the door. It's just this opportunity. I don't know what this opportunity. And so we get into this conversation and the guy is, he's trying to get names to have a block party to on our streets to close off the street for uh, a few hours to have this block party. Nice guy. And so we talked and I don't remember what I said or how I said, how I brought up some spiritual comment, but he wound up calling me back. Uh, the next day and saying, so Ron, do you go to church? Because I just know there's something about you when we talked. You know, he recognized and God was moving in his life. And so prime example, I could have just said, it's not convenient. I don't want to talk to this guy, but I want my life just to be a series of those kinds of experiences happening as often as possible. I hope they can happen every single day. And uh, I'm going to try to make those happen every single day. I love that. It's that intentional mindset that we keep going back to. In fact, I have a, a friend who has a daily practice of asking the Lord um, each morning to show her who or what he has in store for her in accordance with his purposes. And it's as practical as that. It doesn't need to be standing on a street corner holding a sign it's as simple as taking advantage of the opportunities that the lord brings across our paths like your doorbell ringing you know i play golf and i like to go by myself uh, for one of the reasons being i love the opportunity i'm going to be with three guys for four hours and uh or sometimes a woman you know joins us and it's a, it's a perfect opportunity and you know so now let's let's transition to so what stops us so at times i'll be playing with a guy and he'll be literally throwing his club you know f-bombs are flying when he hits a bad shot and and you're going through this like process of well how am i going to introduce the lord to this guy he probably isn't interested and you we make all kinds of excuses of why we're, we maybe would remain quiet. One of them being, he may curse me out, you know, or and I may get rejection because of my attempt to bring God into the conversation. And who likes rejection? But when you carry that line of thought out, you just say, huh, I wonder who else experienced rejection? Hmm. Did Jesus get any reject? Did that stop him from saying what he needed to say? Why would I think that it would be okay for me to allow that to stop me from saying what I need to say? You're touching on some toes, I think, because this is where it, it hits home. And Jesus tells us that as his servants, or no servant is above his master, 
So that answers that rhetorical question. We should not expect any different. In fact, he suffered. We should also expect suffering. And so that's really the cost that we're, we're saying, is this good news of which we have been a recipient? Do we grasp the value and the worth enough to want to count the cost to share it with others, whether that cost be rejection? You know, sometimes it's just that awkwardness that can feel like someone may, it's not an outright rejection like you were hypothesizing on the golf course. It could be as simple as, now you're somewhere and no one's talking to you and they're all huddled together and you start to feel like the odd man out or um, just the uncomfortable. Like we, No one loves to be seen as weird or radical. And yet right. that is the call. I wonder if you know of someone else who seemed radical or left out? Is there anyone that comes to your mind? Rhetorical question, of course. Uh, oftentimes, it's our—it's just our pride. It's my pride. And you would say, well, Ron, here I am talking about this topic. That typically means that I'm some professional at this. And the answer is I'm not. And the answer is I still wrestle with all of these reasons why I should remain quiet. But I'm I'm getting better at not letting those reasons dictate my behavior. So, and you are encouraging me in that as we have conversations along this line, and that's a great point. We need each other in the fellowship of believers to encourage one another in this commandment of Scripture, because we're not meant to do it alone. As I was referencing earlier, how the enemy tries to distract us or discourage us. And I can never remember the third D, but we need to encourage one another to good works as we see the day approaching. I want to go out and step on a limb, step out on a limb and just say, friends, make this your way, your way of life that you become uh compassionate about wanting to share your faith with others. I, I want to bring in another little story of when I first came to the Lord, there were th three or four people that shared their faith with me. And I was not only not interested, but I was rude. I was insulting. And they would have had no idea that anything they said had any impact on my life. And it did. It had amazing impact on my life, so much so that weeks later, I gave my heart to the Lord. So I don't know how to say this any different, Suze. It's, it's look for the opportunities. Become a person who just is bold and excited about their faith, being respectful at the same time. But not knowing that who you're, you're talking to at any time, you could be saying something that someone really, really needs to hear and let God use your life uh, to bring others to him. I can't think of a better thing to do and something that every one of us can do. 
Absolutely. And when we think about what is at stake, I know last week we spoke about eternity and the fact that we are eternal beings. And scripture is clear that for those who do not accept Jesus as their savior, they will not have eternal life with him. And so we have the privilege, not just a duty, it is a privilege and it is an honor to be able to boldly, respectfully share the good news. And that is what we want to encourage everyone to do in this podcast. But let's talk before we go too quickly, some practical ways to do that. You you touched a little bit on it, like being on the golf course or answering the doorbell, but there are a host of other ways that this comes into play in our everyday life. Can you share a few others? I just wish we'd get more creative <laughs> about this. It's it's kind of it's kind of sad that we aren't more creative about this. That we aren't. That it's not on our radar. We you know we go and we eat dinner at a restaurant, and there's someone that's serving us, and most of us don't say a word to that person about their faith or don't, you know, leaves them with nothing. And, and so something that I just decided to do was I went out and printed up my own little testimony and I put it in a little pamphlet and I leave them when I go to restaurants and when I meet people for the first time and whatever it is, you come up with a way to introduce a topic, you know, would you mind if I prayed for you? Is there something in your life that I could pray for you about? You know, just, just, but have it on your radar, make it a priority, make this the importance that it really should have in all of our lives. Yes. To look for the opportunities. As the saying goes, we do find what we look for. And this is not in our own power or strength. It's as we shared earlier, it's prayerfully asking the Lord to open our eyes to those opportunities and for the boldness and courage to step through it. Now, I know you you kind of said it a little sarcastically at the earlier part of this podcast of how often should we share? Is it every leap year? Is it once a quarter? Do you want to give a challenge along that line for our listeners? Yeah, I'd love to have our listeners set yourself a goal. And whenever it is, however you want to start, if you're not in the habit of making this a regular part of your life, then obviously you don't want to set a goal that's unreasonable. But start small. and You'll see what, what it'll add to your life when God brings you into situations where you get to meet people who will listen to the story and and so uh, I'd love for each of you to make a goal once a day, once a week, three times a week, five times a week, whatever you want to do, just do something. I love it. And I would love it even more if you would let us know in the comment on YouTube or however you can reach us on any of our social media platforms. Ron, there's one more thing that I think it's very fitting to share because this podcast is airing in the first week of November, and that means that many of us are already turning the calendar and turning our minds to start thinking about Christmas. It is this story of Christmas, the promised Messiah, Jesus, coming to offer himself 
for us as a gift of salvation. This is the good news. And Ron and I are so passionate about it. We actually wrote a book and it's called The Wonder of Christmas. It is an illustrated gift book that does make a perfect gift for friends or families and allows you in the season of gift giving to simply share something that holds this good news, not just a story, but it's good news for today. And this book helps tell that story. So you can purchase that if you are interested for yourself or for someone else by going to our website at www.myq4impact.org. We hope that you will be blessed by it and it will be a tool that will help you simply share the good news with other people. We are so thankful that you've taken the time to listen today. I hope that you've been encouraged to share your faith. And we ask that you join us again next Monday when we're going to be talking about what may be the biggest game changer for our Christian life. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Q4 Impact Podcast. Please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on so you continue receiving encouragement and practical tips on how to live your fourth quarter continually impacting the world around you for Christ.